Coming up on the WAC Podcast, we are talking Tarleton basketball. The Texans are brand new to the WAC, but they have a coach who's very familiar with the Western Athletic Conference and the men's side. And then on the women's side, they're coming off a 21-8 season and return three starters. That's all ahead on the WAC Podcast. Today's episode of the WAC Podcast is brought to you by Hercules Tires, the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference. Now here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Rachel Vigil. Welcome to the WAC Podcast, Eric Danner. Without Rachel Vigil today, she's out on a family emergency, but uh, are assured everything will be okay there. We're talking Tarleton basketball today. We have Casey Hogan, Assistant Athletic Director for External Operations, talking men's basketball. Kyle Cruz, their graduate assistant for marketing and broadcasting, talking women's basketball. He's also the radio voice of women's basketball. Casey is the men's basketball voice, and they have a lot to be excited about at Tarleton in Stephenville, Texas. Billy Gillespie is the new head coach. He is no stranger to the WAC. He actually coached UTEP when they were in the WAC, also was an assistant coach at Tulsa when they had a great run in the NCAA tournament. You'll want to check that out on the WAC podcast. We now welcome in Casey Hogan, the Assistant AD for External Operations and the on-air broadcast talent for Tarleton Men's Basketball. Casey, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be here, Eric. Thanks for having me. Uh, Great to have you on the show here, Casey. Uh, First off, let's uh, get to WAC fans up to speed on Tarleton. It's been actually under a year since the official announcement was made on November 12th of last year. So it's been quite a whirlwind getting the Tarleton Texans ready for Division One, but uh, here we are, Casey. It's uh, it's less than a, about a month away before you actually start action. And it's it's hard to believe that it's been 11 months since we, Commissioner Hurd came to Stephenville and we officially, you know, signed the blocker, uh, proclamation to become a member of the Western Athletic Conference. And I think one of the reasons it hasn't felt like 11 months is this global pandemic, COVID-19. It's uh, you know, that happened, of course, starting in March. And um, since then, it's been, a, it's been a challenge transitioning from Division Two to Division One in, in the midst of a global pandemic. But we've got a great team here at Tarleton, uh, great leadership, and we're really excited about getting things started next month, especially with football being moved from the fall to the spring. Our fans want to see Tarleton uh, players out on the court so they can support our student-athletes, and we're looking forward to being a member of the WAC and getting started next month. Well, Casey, we can hardly wait to see you guys in action. I know it's your ninth year at Tarleton. Tell WAC fans a little bit about the school, a little bit about the area. You're in Stephenville, Texas, uh, south of Dallas. How do people get there? What uh, When they get there, hopefully, you know, when the pandemic ends, what uh, can they look forward to in uh, Stephenville? Well, it's a great town. You know, it's uh, one of the consistently ranked as one of the top 100 best small towns um, in America. We're an hour southwest of Fort Worth. So for listeners, fans around the WAC that have been to the Dallas-Fort Worth area, if you're at DFW Airport, an hour and 45 minutes. So it's a really easy trip from DFW. And then uh, if you're in Fort Worth, Stephenville's just an hour south of Fort Worth. And it's a great community. They really get behind Tarleton. Um, our athletic programs here receive great support at the Division II level. Uh, it's a community when folks come here, they're going to feel welcomed. Um, it's easy to get around here in Stephenville, and it's really just a great place to live. And so I think WAC fans are really going to enjoy coming to Stephenville. And, you know, when the game's over, we hope you stay here in Stephenville. Um, but if you want to go up to Fort Worth, it's one hour away. So you kind of have the best of both worlds. 
We're talking with Casey Hogan from Tarleton. And March 30th, a big splash being made by the Texans, Casey, whereas Billy Gillespie named the head coach. Of course, this is a guy with a lot of experience, head coached in the WAC before, was at UTEP, uh, was at Texas A&M, where uh, fans might remember him, uh, I believe a Sweet 16 run with the Aggies there. And then he goes to Kentucky. He was at Texas Tech. Uh, here's a guy with a ton of Division One experience, a lot of NCAA tournament experience. you got to be excited to have Coach Gillespie uh, now as the head coach at Tarleton. We are, Eric, and I was honored to be on the search committee that um, selected our next basket, head men's basketball coach. And men's basketball at Tarleton's a big deal. I mean, you're talking about a program at the Division II level that went to 14 NCAA tournaments in the last 19 years. There's a lot of tradition here. Um, my boss, Lon Reisman, who's now the VP for athletics, um, is a Hall of Fame basketball coach here at Tarleton. He recruited Dennis Rodman to Southeastern Oklahoma. He won, you know, 654 games at Tarleton. So we wanted to get the higher right. So being on that committee, we were really looking at three things. The biggest thing was, did they have head coach head coaching experience at the Division One level? Uh, number two, we wanted a re relentless recruiter that knew the state of Texas. And then number three, we wanted a head coach that could bring energy and passion uh, to Wisdom Gym and to our fan base and our basketball program with such a storied tradition. And uh, we we found that person, Eric, about 40, 50 miles down the road at Ranger Junior College, uh, where Coach Gillespie's been the last four years. He was 103 and 24, uh, the national junior college coach of the year he's from Grayford about 60 miles from Stephenville so I think this job is a great fit for him uh, he's a guy that likes to go out and recruit uh, players that maybe not everyone knows but are diamonds in the rough and he can build a program around the right type of players and I think he's going to come in here and and really do a great job taking that experience from the division one level uh, and bringing it here to Tarleton he knows the whack too and that's going to be really beneficial well, Casey, you mentioned Lon Reisman, the AD at Tarleton. He's a legendary basketball coach there in uh, Stephenville. And I got to imagine that, uh, that that's part of the attraction of having Billy Gillespie here now that the, the step to Division One, just after what Lon had laid down in NAIA and Division Two, that uh, Billy's kind of lot the next logical coach to uh, enter the school into Division One. And if you're Coach Gillespie, uh, having a boss, a AD, VP for athletics, that's been a head men's basketball coach is a, uh, is a real plus. I uh, can't speak for Coach Gillespie, but I know him and Coach Reisman. I still call him Coach Reisman. I probably always will. Um, but Coach Reisman and Coach Gillespie uh, have a great relationship. And I think that was a uh, that really made this job attractive for Coach Gillespie, knowing that this foundation had already been built. You know, Coach Gillespie talks all the time, being from Grayford, Texas, a little town about 60 miles from Stephenville, that he always dreamed of playing in the regional tournament in high school at Wisdom Gym here in Stephenville. And for him to be able to take over this program, um, being local to this area, uh, he's excited. And, and then to have a boss that knows men's basketball and has been a head coach is a huge plus. The last year's team, Casey, was 18 and 12 in Division Two, but I got to imagine with a, a new head coach and a lot of new players that pretty much every starting job is up for grabs. Is that fair to say? 
Absolutely. Uh, Coach Gillespie is going to make each player on this roster earn it. It uh, doesn't matter if you're one of the five players from Ranger Junior College or you're one of the three returners, you're going to have to have to earn the job. And 18 players on this roster and 15 of them are new players. So, uh, Eric, I imagine a lot of the men's basketball play-by-play -play voices you talk to really know the personnel in and out. And there's a lot of these guys that I've never seen play. So I'm out at practice trying to learn that, trying to learn their names, trying to, uh, to, to learn their style of play and trying to figure this thing out. And everything is up for grabs right now. Yeah, you mentioned the five players from Ranger Community College where uh, Coach Gillespie was uh, the past five years. He had a lot of success at the junior college level as well. So you figure these guys at least will know his system coming in, right? Absolutely. You know, they're going to know his system. Um, you know, five guys, one of them, Jonathan Jackson, went and played at a Division One school, and now he's transferred into Tarleton. And I think it's important for a coach when they come in to bring some guys that know their system and that are bought into their system. And they had so much success at Ranger Junior College, a trip to the national championship game. Uh, coach Gillespie named again the, the National Junior College Coach of the Year. Um, so those Ranger players, I think, are going to come, come in. They're going to know his system, uh, and they're going to be able to, to, to learn and to teach these other players that might not have uh, ever played under coach Gillespie Casey what kind of a style will Tarleton have this year is it going to be like coach Gillespie had maybe at Texas A&M or Kentucky or is is he a different coach now than he was maybe 10 15 years ago it's a great question and one thing I've noticed about coach Gillespie and a lot of great coaches is they're going to play the style of basketball um, based on the type of personnel that they have on the roster. And you look at our roster, Eric, we only have three players over six foot, seven inches. So I think you're going to see a team that, that plays really great defense. I've gone down to practice and the practices are intense and coach demands excellence, especially on the defense defensive side of the ball. So expect a high energy team with a lot of hustle. Um, there's no players on the roster that have positions listed. Um, you're going to see players, um, playing multiple positions based on what type of offense they're running. Um, they've recruited a lot of athletic guys. I think they're going to get up in the court. They're going to take it to the basket. Um, if they can't get to the basket and get fouled, they're going to kick it out and shoot from the perimeter. And um, they recruited some shooters. Uh, they've got a player, Constant, Constantine Dotsinko. He's a sophomore. Last year he played NAI ball at Freed Hardeman. And he was one of the best shooters in the nation at any level of basketball. He made 38 made threes per game. If you take all levels of basketball, NAI, NCAA, um, that would have been third best in the nation. So I think you're going to see a fun type of basketball. I don't want to say it's going to be quite like uh, Don Nelson basketball by any means. Uh, I think we will score a lot of points, but uh, Coach Gillespie has always preached uh, defense, and he wants his players to play hard defensively. So it should be a fun team to watch. Well, Casey, two years ago we had a Division II school a transfer in to the WAC in California Baptist. A lot of people weren't sure what they were going to look like. They had a lot of success at the D2 level, and right away they stepped in. Milan Aqua was our player of the year last year in men's basketball, and he's entered the NBA draft. And also they their first game in the WAC, they beat mighty New Mexico State. And in fact, that was the final game that New Mexico State lost in the WAC, which was the first game two years ago. So I would imagine that's uh, kind of the, the blueprint you might want to use at Tarleton uh, for the WAC this year. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. And uh, California Baptist, I believe the last five years they were in Division Two. They, they made the NCAA tournament each year. And then in 2018, they made the NCAA Elite Eight. So their final year in Division Two, they make the Elite Eight. 
And like you said, Eric, they turn around the next year and they beat New Mexico State. It just goes to show you there is some great basketball played at the Division II level. And a, a school like Cal Baptist can be a, a great blueprint for, for Tarleton. Our fans are going to understand that there will be a, some growing pains the first year or two. But also with the type of tradition that Tarleton has had here, um, 14 NCAA tournaments, four Elite Eights, two Final Fours, our fans are hungry, and they're going to want to come in, and they're going to want to compete in the WAC. And, and taking that blueprint from Cal Baptist and, and, and building on it and Grand Canyon as well, you know, I really do think Tarleton can, can have some success uh, sooner rather than later in the WAC. And then uh, we had Jonah Goldberg on our show uh, last week from UTRGV, and uh, I guess he fired the first shot in the battle for Texas between WAC schools. I imagine that's got to be a, a natural rivalry, and even though it's – it's not exactly down the street. I think he said it's about seven hours away. It's funny you say that because uh, there's folks from outside of Texas and they say, well, that's awesome. You know, we have two Texas schools now. That'll be such an easy trip for you. And I'm like, well, it's uh, <laughs> Texas is a big state and it's probably eight or nine hours down, down to the valley. But we're excited to have uh, UT Rio Grande Valley and the WAC and have a, have a rival here in Texas. They have a great athletic department. Um, they've had a lot of success uh, in the WAC. And that's going to be a fun rivalry for our fans, no doubt. And uh, can't wait to get down there. And uh, they have some great food down there. The culture's great. The people are great. And we can't wait to get down to South Texas and play and then have them come here to Stephenville. Well, Casey, we can't wait to see Tarleton in action uh, in the not-too-distant future here in the, at the end of November. And, and we're counting down the days. Yeah, we're excited. Uh, Non-conference schedule this thus far. Um, we're supposed to go to Gonzaga, Pepperdine, Texas A&M, and Kansas. So uh, hopefully our guys will uh, will be ready uh, when at the end of December when we start WAC play. Look forward to it. All right. Hey, Casey, appreciate you jumping on and uh, look forward to hearing your calls, uh, like I said, in the not-too-distant future. Thanks so much, Eric, for the time and for having me on the show. All right, that is Casey Hogan, the assistant AD for external operations at Tarleton. When we come back, we're going to talk Texans women's basketball with Cal Cruz. You're listening to the WAC Podcast. We would like to thank our sponsors of the WAC Podcast, Hercules Tires and Adidas. Now, back to Eric and Rachel. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. We are now joined by Kyle Cruz, the graduate assistant for marketing and broadcasting, also the radio voice of women's basketball at Tarleton. Kyle, welcome to the show. Appreciate y'all giving me the time. Kyle, first off, give us a little snapshot of what's happening in Stephenville. You have students back on campus. When did you have student athletes back? Uh, what, those kind of things. What, what do you got going on there? Uh, we welcomed our student athletes back uh, in August to kind of their normal activities. Um, things are good, though, here. Getting back to a sense of normalcy, uh, whatever that is right about now. Um, and I think that a lot of that credit has to be given to the leadership here at Tarleton State. Uh, our president, Dr. James Hurley, uh, what a tough hand to be dealt in year two of your presidency with this COVID-19 stuff. But he's done a terrific job. He's handled it with patience, uh, understanding in a first-class manner. And he's given all the students here on campus a really a fun college experience to have while also doing it safely. And here over in athletics, I think it's twofold. And it's also kind of the same thing. It's a leadership type of deal at the top. You have our athletic director, Lon Reisman, uh, who has done a great job uh, putting the right kind of resources in place for our sports medicine staff keeping our coaches informed um, on what all is going on between him and Dr. Hurley. And then across the hall, you have his son, Chris Reesman, our assistant athletic director for student athlete development and strategic initiatives. He's done a great job with getting protocols in place, staying communicative with all of the head coaches and 
finding a way to get our student athletes back out on the floor and on uh, the field and everywhere and get their student athlete experience going again, but doing it in a safe way, because right now that's the priority here at Tarleton State. Well, Kyle, uh, November 25th is the date uh, the NCAA said first date of competition. I know uh, coaches yep. are still scrambling around trying to get their uh, schedules together. Any idea what the non-conference schedule might be looking like for Tarleton this year? Oh, well, so Tarleton State women's basketball actually has most of it set in stone at this point. They have one date they're kind of trying to hash out right now. That November 25th date, we will travel north and go to Western Illinois uh, for a date that that group's really excited about getting back out into action. Um, one non-conference game that I have circled since the beginning, since I saw this, is Oral Roberts. It's a program that's rich in tradition. Um, when you look at kind of the background of their basketball programs and the success they've had in the past, that'll be a great challenge for Misty Wilson and her crew when they go north for that one. And then you also look uh, right now as we speak, the South Point Classic in Las Vegas is going on as scheduled. And I think that will be a tremendous challenge as well getting to go meet up with some different Division I institutions, kind of dip your toe in that water, get a feel for that, um, while also kind of stepping away from everything as a team. When I look early on at the non-conference schedule, those are a couple of the dates that stand out to me that I think are going to be very beneficial for this team. We're talking with Kyle Cruz, the radio voice of Tarleton Women's Basketball and the head coach at Tarleton for women's basketball, Misty Wilson, now ending her seventh season there in Stephenville. And tell us a little bit about uh, what kind of style of play WAC fans can expect from the Texans. Well, Misty's going to demand a lot out of her kids early on, and it's going to start on the defensive end. Uh, it's a tough, gritty, half-court, man-to-man approach typically. But that's one thing that Coach is great at is kind of adjusting as the season goes on with the personnel she has. She's flashed the 2-3 zone at times, um, and she can also go full court and trap. She's really good at feeling these game situations out defensively. And another thing to keep in mind on that side of the ball is her new assistant, Nick Cantrell, uh, has stepped on board this year. And I've chatted with him at length about the defensive side of the basketball. And he's been coaching on the men's side of things, and now he steps over to the women's side. He thinks there's some things he can bring from a half-court kind of trap, kind of using athleticism standpoint that you don't see a ton on the women's side of things. I expect you to see some of that come into the fold. And you look over offensively for this team, she's going to have to feel this group out a little bit, and not necessarily from a system standpoint. The system is in place, methodical, half-court approach. This team's going to run in transition when given the opportunity. But the question is, is where are you going to find your scoring at? As you lose Mackenzie Haley, who is a four-time All-Lone Star Conference member, uh, one of the best players in this program's history, especially from an offensive standpoint. And you lose your primary ball handler in Kylie Collins, who also shouldered a lot of that load score in the basketball down the stretch last year. So the question not really on the offensive side is how are they going to approach it? It's where's the scoring going to come from? The good news, though, Eric, is there are capable bodies that are returning that know this system. Yeah, and last year's team went 21-8. and eight. In Division Two, it looks like three returning starters yeah. for Tarleton. Do those players figure to be the team leaders this year? Oh, they'll be a focal point, no doubt about it. And that's one advantage that Misty Wilson has coming into this year is the leadership group she has, that trio. All seniors that will all be starters this year. Caitlin Guillory is a terrific player, a very Misty Wilson type of player. She is a very smart player. She knows this system very well, typically always makes the right play. And that's something that Misty – is very intentional about recruiting, a calm player whose composure is going to be needed to kind of keep this offense kind of intact 
when they go on the road in these tough whack venues. Then you have Alexa Hoy, who I tell you in year one now, she's going to be as skilled as any offensive player you find in the Western Athletic Conference this year. The big thing that's held her back is staying healthy, though. When she was at UTEP to start her college career, through five Conference USA games, she was leading them in scoring. 11 points per game. She really was starting to get into a groove there. She goes down with a seizing injury. Then last year was kind of the same thing. She had a hard time getting her footing early on in the year. But right when she hit her groove in the second half of the year, she goes down at Eastern New Mexico. This team lost three of their final games once she was out of the lineup. That is not a coincidence. She is a key cog in this group. She's going to be able to score the basketball, and she's going to be a force offensively if she can stay healthy. And the third is Lucy Benson, and I think she is one of the most fascinating players here in year one of this transition. She is the best on-ball defender of the Misty Wilson era, a terrific defensive player, maybe as good of any you would have found in the Lone Star Conference the last two seasons. Now the question is, can she find the offense to couple with it? I've talked to the coaches about this. She is so terrific at getting to the basket. If she can learn to finish, she's a 10, 12-point-per-game scorer away, possibly being an all-Western Athletic Conference performer this year. Well, Kyle, with the transition to Division One, do you see some newcomers and uh, maybe even some players that maybe came off the bench last year who, who might make some uh, big contributions this year? Absolutely, and I'm going to look down in the post for this one. Missy Wilson's got a couple of really good post players who came into their own down the stretch last year. Marissa Escamilla is one of them, and she is as tough of a player as you are going to find, Eric, on the men's or the women's side of things. The kind of beating she takes in games and in practice, she just gets up and comes back for more. Those types of players are typically the players you say, hey, you got five fouls, use them all. That's not Marissa. She is extremely skilled offensively, averaged nine points a game last year in only 18 minutes per game. You imagine what she can do with a full slate of minutes every night, She'll be dependent on heavily in the post, possibly into a starting role this year. And the other one is Callie Boyles, a player who plays so wise beyond her years, a sophomore, but she's going to step into a leadership role this year. And you want to talk about a smart player, shot 51% from the field last year, a terrific rebounder, and she's all in on this program. She's someone that Misty Wilson leans on, whether it's on the floor, whether it's instructing players off the floor, whether it's making sure kids are staying together, you know, as a team. Callie Boyles has looked at heavily as a sophomore this year so those are two players to look at down in the post and the Texans success this year it could rely heavily on both of them well Kyle the Western Athletic Conference having a transition this year as well with uh, Kansas City and CSU Bakersfield yep. both moving on to other conferences KC was our regular season champion in women's basketball last year in Bakersfield you could pencil in as a top two three four team every year as Tarleton comes into the league along with Dixie do you suppose there's maybe a better chance of, of making a splash right away? Because it seems pretty wide open in the whack this year. Well, I think there's going to be a natural transition in a lot of different areas. I think one thing Misty Wilson has as a strength this year, as I mentioned, you've got some senior leadership in your starting lineup. That is going to help. Another thing that I think is very critical this year is I mentioned Nick Cantrell, who she added on, who was a top assistant on the men's side here for years. She also added another assistant on Jared Vieira, who is a terrific coach, recruiter, skills kind of coach, who really feels the women's game out well. 
And you look at some of these young players in junior college transfers. Ayanna Dorsey's a terrific one who is going to be an immediate impact offensively. Having Jaron and Nick at her disposal early on to kind of be able to craft her game, get her where she needs to be early on. And then junior college players like Emily Cunningham, who was a McDonald's All-American uh, nominee before. She went down late in her senior year in high school. She's another player, finding her, putting her in the right spots, being able to use those players effectively. I think Misty Wilson, there's a strength in numbers here now. She's got a couple of really good assistants. And then you add in her others, Bailey Whiff and Lindsey Washington, who have a terrific work ethic from more of kind of a team management standpoint and under the understanding the personality of these girls. So I think one big strength of this is the cohesive coaching staff they have. That's something that is important in these transitions because, as you know, Eric, it's a high level here in the WAC. There's going to be moments where you need to step back and assess. I think that coaching staff, it's going to play a vital role. And I do think, I think this is a team that if you can peak at the right time, there's no reason that you can't have high aspirations in year one. Kyle, some great information there. We cannot wait uh, to get the basketball season started. Thank you for taking some time out and letting us know about the Tarleton Texans. Eric, we're so excited to be here. I appreciate you giving me the time, man. All right. That is Kyle Cruz, graduate assistant for marketing and broadcasting, radio voice of Tarleton women's basketball. Make sure to check us out next Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for our WAC basketball previews. We will talk with coaches and players as we get ready for the WAC basketball season. Thanks for listening to the WAC podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACsports.com.